Rudy, we were just commenting. There have been some nights we've watched your whole career where if you got one shot attempt in the first half, it was pretty hard for you to stay engaged for the second half. Is this a, is tonight maybe a really good sign of your growth and your maturity? I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. You know, when you when you gotta keep playing, you know, you I mean, they they they're doing things defensively, and we we kind of get disconnected a little bit, and we I don't get to touch it, but I know that. I can I can impact the game in a lot of ways, and uh, I try to stay focused, uh, stay communicating with my teammates, and uh, I know that you know the opportunity is going to come throughout the game. So, and it came, it did. That felt to us from up here like just an incredible battle. What did it feel like down there? Yeah, you know that these guys play play hard. Uh, you know they're getting better year after year. So, it's always a battle, and uh, you know we're able to to make plays down the stretch, get the stops mm -hmm. we needed, and. Uh, and you know it's a, it's a big win for us. What uh, changed in the second half for you tonight? I think we, we we were more poised offensively. You know the ball was moving, and we were about to execute uh, what we wanted to do. And once we did that, you know we didn't turn it over uh, as much. And uh, when they when they have to play against our half for defense, it's not the same. You know they they got a lot of easy easy buckets in the, in the first half of turnovers. Congratulations, 20 rebounds, second time in your career you've done that in back-to-back -back games, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. All right. That is Rudy Gobert. It's funny, Donovan Mitchell did a jersey swap, and now has suddenly found out he's on television, has no shirt off, and so he's trying to cover himself up with a purple king's towel. Uh, well, the Jazz win it tonight, and we are joined now by Hans Olsen as well as Tim Lacombe. Who? Hands. Oh, you know who? Who? You know what? I got. I'm gonna take a second. Hands. I listened to the whole pregame show. Yeah. And the whole halftime show, and it doesn't surprise me because I work with a professional athlete. But it, and I watch Ron and Thurl and their craft. I just think there's, you know, if someone watches your broadcast career, no doubt why you had an NFL career, right? That work level, that ethic you have, it's showing through. It's really fun to watch. You did a great job today. That means a lot. I appreciate it, David. And I'll tell you, it's it's fun to listen to you guys go back and forth. You know you guys are the best duo, the best broadcast crew out there. And it's a blast to hear you guys go back and forth. I, I love that conversation right there with Rudy Gobert. And, and Ron, I want to get your thoughts on this. So Rudy Gobert goes the line 10 times, hits 9 of 10. How difficult is it going to be for teams if Rudy Gobert is hitting at that clip from the free throw line and that aggressive to get himself to the line? Well, Rudy's one of those guys that's, that, uh, and, and David and I talk about this all the time there, is it Hans or Hans? I mean, I'm not sure what the, if Alexa knows who, who the heck you are. You know? It's handsome. That stinking phone. Yeah, okay, that sounds better than, than okay. That's, that's go, better but, than Hans. I'll take handsome any time. We're, we're always happy, and, and, and when Rudy makes his first free throw, then he's like he, he's found the, the range, and, and he kind of gets into a rhythm and makes it a little easier. He went one for two then at first quarter. But from that point on, you know, he... he it, it, it was spot on. Um, don't expect to see that every night because he, he, his shot is not consistent enough, I think, at the free throw line. Uh, but you just love love it uh, when he has nights like this, when he, when he's making those free throws. One thing that's worth noting on his free throw shooting, and I'll, I'll, I don't have it in front of me. I should. I apologize. Uh, his free throw shooting in the clutch and that's a big has gotten yeah. much, much better over the last few years and is, like, actually really, really just good. Like, I mean, I think last year he was 7 of 8, I said, and tonight he's 2 of 2. So he's now 8 of, you know, he's now 9 of his last 10 in the clutch. That's, that, that's getting pretty impressive. 
Some pretty incredible things defensively, too. You know, he was talking about the energy in the second half. Coach Lacombe it was commenting on in the second half just how physical they were getting defensively, closing out and just getting under the skin of Sacramento in the second half. Well, the Sacramento closed out as well. You know, so I think the Jazz started, when they started to pick up things, start closing out on, on Sacramento, making things a little bit tough for them. Uh, then you, you start to grind ball games out. You know, it, 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 you, you know, Hans, in, in, in a game, in any sport, you know, when you have to grind a basketball yeah. game out and play so hard and come up with the big plays, that type of thing, and, and when teams take away something, some of your, some of your pet peeve plays or whatever, uh, and, and you find different ways to get it done. But just the fact that I ha- had a good feeling about this game because the, I don't think the Kings ever put the Jazz away as g- aggressive as they were. Yeah, I mean, they had to play that way in order to keep themselves in the ballgame. That's what I was going to say. As hard as they tried, I mean, they used a, a tremendous amount of energy. And they, you know, I said at halftime, can they keep it up, right? Can they do it for an, an entire game? And really, I think what the Jazz did, too, is they, they started to flex a little muscle. Mm-hmm. They got a little tired of, mm-hmm. you know, those guys being up in their their uh their face and they just uh, they started to kind of return that and it, and it certainly paid dividends I, I thought a, a piece a stretch there in that fourth quarter especially during crunch time there when they start pushing the ball off the pass there uh, Lacombe's ahead of the defense and they start getting some of those uncontested and, and you know got a couple of uh, layups out of it there as well I thought that showed some maturity there of, of finding I mean, I thought they should have been doing a little bit more of that throughout the ballgame, but uh, they did it at the right time here at the, at the end of the ballgame. The play that stands out to me is right after the turnover, they run the floor, uh, advance it up through every guy to the corner to Donovan to Rudy for the dunk. Uh, that was, I mean, that you can't coach it any better. I mean, the spacing was ideal, and everybody ran the floor. And this is a key for Rudy, and, and Quinn talks about this so often, uh, about Rudy running the floor, not only offensively, but defensively there as well. It really makes a bit, big difference when he runs the floor defensively because now he can protect the rim, but offensively when he runs the floor, they got to get back and protect the rim there as well, and it opens it up for the chance to get some of those transition three-point shot attempts. Didn't get a lot of those in that first half, but boy, did they come home, um, come to life there in that fourth quarter. David, what did you like? Uh, I just thought, I said this, I, I, I thought it in the third quarter, I kind of held it back until we got to the fourth. I thought that was a night where one team, a young upstart team, was playing at their peak and with incredible energy and tenacity and playing great. And the Jazz are just so good. Like the sign of a really, really, really good team is they just stayed in the game. They just were so good. And then... You know, I think it took a lot more effort for the Kings to be at that level all night, and they wore down, and the Jazz went on a 14-2 to run or whatever it was to close the game. So to me, that's what I – to me, this was the ultimate sign of, like, how good they really are is the fact that they never got blown out. They always stayed in it as hard as it was, and then, frankly, they also never came close to losing. You, you remember the – I mean, the game that stands out to me that was identical to this, but – you know, it didn't end as well as when Minnesota early in the year, upstart, you know, guys feeling good about themselves, as Charles said again on ESPN last night, they haven't played enough games to know they're not good. Right. Um, I, 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 I think there's the a ton of truth yet. to that, right? Mm-hmm. And but, but that was the part of it to me. I just think, you know, like you said, they took the Jazz took a, a pretty good shot, and it never phased them. And I don't know that they win that game a lot last year, especially with all the elements of it. Joe getting thrown out. 
uh, Rudy, you know, being frustrated, you know, Davion into Donovan and maybe Donovan getting to more one-on-one games. I think they passed a ton of tests tonight. Yeah. I, I mentioned to David, I think we're going to see a lot of this physicality and, and, and no calls there by the officials, strictly because of the way they're, they're changing, the way they're calling basketball games. And you're going to see guys getting upset, griping to the officials, getting technical fouls until they make that adjustment and get used to it. Well, David, Ron, fantastic stuff. You guys always nail it. It's the best broadcast in the NBA. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll take it from here. Appreciate it, guys. All right, there you go. David Locke, Ron Boone, the best in the business. Hans Olsen, Tim Lacombe, we'll come back, give you our thoughts on this game. Coming up next on your Jazz postgame show. Welcome back. It is your Jazz postgame show. Hans Olsen, Coach Lacombe, hanging out with me. And uh, we went through this. There there are so many different moments in this game. And I... (laughs) I can't help every time I sit down and really evaluate a jazz game, it, Rudy Gobert just jumps off the court at me in so many different ways, jumps off the court at me. And Coach Lacombe, so far through the season, Rudy Gobert is averaging 16 and a half points and 20 rebounds so far through the season. Uh, let's hold on to that thought. We're going to jump out live to Quinn Snyder. Here's his post game comments. Been able to get a win like that in, in kind of in years past. I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's one of those wins that we really had to grind out. Um, you know, I thought the last four minutes of the game, defensively, we were really good. You know, we kept attacking. We got some stuff in transition off our defense. Had a lot of courage to take. Take the right shots, take open shots, even though we were early clock. You know, I thought Sacramento did an excellent job um, with their physicality, pressuring the ball. You know, I thought we got stronger and tougher as the game went on, and just adjusting to the way the game was being called. Um, you know, obviously they went small at the end of the game. You know, that's going to be a consistent thing we're going to see. Um, I thought we did a really good job. You know, Rudy got switched out. Uh, on the Fox, you know, he guarded Barnes, um, and that was the stretch where we got we got stops. So um, I decided, you know, a, a gritty win, particularly given the fact that we played, you know, without Joe, um, and you know, can't say enough about Hassan, uh, Trent, and Eric. You know, those three guys, the, the minutes that they gave us were really big minutes. Speaking of Joe. I mean, how does that change things enormously, I'm sure, especially that early on in the game? Well, I, I think the way that, you know, our team functions, um, having another ball handler and playmaker, you know, I thought that was one of the things that, that Trent was able to do is just, you know, kind of stabilize. He got to the rim and had his eyes out and find, found some people. Um, Joe's certainly a big part of what we do, uh, you know, and for our team to, you know, to absorb that and, you know, continue to compete. And, you know, like I said, we got, I think, really good effort from a lot of guys. And, you know, Rudy and Donovan got better as the game went on. They were at their best, you know, in the fourth quarter. Well, kind of the message to the game is, you know, Joe, as I felt called on him earlier, as you mentioned, Sacramento has been very physical. There seemed to be kind of some 
maybe a little too much focus on how the whistles are going early. What's what's the message when uh, that's happening? No, I'm not sure. I, I didn't feel like there was too much focus. I think when you're in a really competitive game and, you know, Donovan went to the hole, you know, three or four times. And when there's contact, you're, you're going to feel like that contact impacted you. I, I think, you know, the, the officials, you know, th those are hard games to call. They just are. So um, I think it's up to us and up to the players to, to adjust to those things. And, I thought we did that. I thought we got, you know, tougher and stronger as the game went on and, um, you know, we were able to absorb contact and, and still make plays for other people. We didn't, I didn't think we moved the ball as, as much as we could have early. Some of that had to do with their quickness. And when you're getting pressured, you're conscious of that. Um, but again, I, th I thought we, we did a really good job of attacking the pressure. And, you know, the, the story of the game is the way we defended late because that was able to get us, you know, space in the court and, able to make plays. Well, this is a little bit off topic, but you were having a, a little bit of a back and forth with one of the fans uh, early on in the first quarter. Is he talking about your clothes? You know, the, the, we're in this interesting uh, time in the league where, you know, there's, I don't know, you know, we're, we're doing what, is smart and easy given COVID and everybody's wearing what they're wearing. And right. I don't think we're too concerned about it. We wear black so that I don't forget, you know, to bring the right color shirt. And if I spill coffee on my shirt, it's, it's okay. So, um, you know, that, that's not my focus right now. <laughs> Although it's been a big topic of conversation, yeah. you know, all the way around. I don't, like I said, I've, I've been pretty indifferent to what it is. Just wear what you're told. And I'm not trying to take any money out of your pocket, but were you, were you surprised that the call against Joe was playing here too? I'd have to see it. You know, I, I think, you know, you always want to defend your player, um, you know, but I think, the, you know, the emphasis, I, I felt like there was some time where even our guys go up for, for shots, um, that they have space to land. And I, I think that, you know, everybody's adjusting to some of the changes and points of emphasis, the officials, the players, um, that play was obviously not that, um, but I think that, you know, this obviously is, it's not something Joe did intentionally, um, meaning with any, uh, trying, trying to malice, malice, there's a word for it, but, you know, those things happen and, you know, I'm glad David was okay. You know, that's you know, always your biggest concern um, for everybody that when those things happen that, you know, nobody gets injured. So, like I said, I think regardless of what the game throws at you, certainly would have liked to you know, have Joe out there. Um, but, you know, that, that's the reality of what happened. And you, you have to, you know, move forward and get to the next play. And we thought we did that. Okay, we're going to zoom real quick. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, it seemed like uh, we've talked a lot about Hassan Whiteside's production from a number standpoint, but his physicality, and kind of some of the intangible things he did seem to make a big impact tonight. Yeah, he, he, we've, you know, he and I have really tried to have, you know, just really good open communication and dialogue because, you know, he, he made a choice that a lot of guys wouldn't make to come to a team that, you know, has a an all-star center that's, you know, been an all-NBA center. And that role... Um, Although from a minute standpoint, 
you know, it, it's not you know, heavy minutes, but you saw tonight, you know, how impactful that role is. I don't know, his plus minus was like through the roof. It was 16, 18, something like that. And, you know, that's what I've been telling him. You know, he's got to be ready to um, whatever the game throws at him. And tonight, uh, you know, it was the type of game where I thought he was really ready to play and locked in. And you know, that had, had a, a huge role in our win. And uh, happy to see that for him because he's working and he cares. And, uh, he came here because he wanted to win. And that's what he did tonight. All right, last question. Hey, Larson, so like you. Yeah, Quinn, just wondering when they are that physical on the defensive end and, you know, playing defense the way they are, how do you want to attack that kind of most optimally? Well, I, I think, you know, you have to attack pressure. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, our spacing becomes even more important. So guys have room, you know, room to drive the ball. You know, oftentimes it's, you know, you need to be less married to, you know, some sort of tactical uh, approach, um, at least anything that has a level of sophistication because you know, the, the right answer is to, to attack pressure and try to drive into gaps and then make plays for each other. So uh, that's what we try to do more and more as the game went on and just instill confidence in our guys that you know, that's what they, they need to do. And the, the thing about it is, you know, that, that initial attack is, you know, oftentimes just a way to gain an advantage, you know, and then you have to move the ball. And I thought that was the thing that, you know, we were better finding people, you know, as the game went on. Um, but we, I think we adjusted, you know, our mindset was better um, as the game went on as well, as far as the, you know, the aggression with which we did attack. There you go, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder talking about this win. Utah Jazz 110 to 101 over the Sacramento Kings. At this point, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. We'll take a quick break and we'll come right back with our thoughts of this Utah Jazz win. That's all next on your Utah Jazz postgame show. Catch and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Postgame Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Don't worry, you only have to suffer with me for a few more minutes, and then uh, you'll get Jake Scott on the next game. Hans Olsen sitting in with Coach Lacombe here for your Jazz postgame show. Brought to you, of course, by Mark Miller Subaru. All right, so, Coach, there are so many things that we need to hit, and didn't have an opportunity to get some of your thoughts on Rudy Gobert. When you talk about just all-around players in the NBA, when you talk, you know, and I know that Rudy Gobert is limited in a jumper, you know, and getting at any type of distance. But all-around player, has Rudy Gobert worked himself into a top 10 player in the NBA? Man, I'll tell you what, he's he's right there. Um, he's got to be. He's got to be because he's he's the most impactful defensive player, and that goes a long, long way. But I'm telling you, you just don't go out and get 20 rebounds in an NBA game and do it consecutive game to game. I mean, it's, um, you know, he, he's really starting to have a feel for what, you know, for both ends of the floor. And, and I, I agree with what David said, too, the way he runs the floor. It makes everything else happen, screens people to get them open. 
Um, he's in the conversation. I mean, I'm telling you, it gets really kind of it, yes. it gets tough when you start. But but to, but you could make an argument. You could make an argument. You know, there was a moment there. It was about a minute left. Maybe got into the 52nd mark. And Sacramento was down. They set up their offense. They fired a pass cross court. Rudy Gobert kind of tips it up in the air. I think Royce came down with it. Rudy runs the floor. Royce dishes it up near the rim. Rudy grabs it, slams it home, and kind of put the exclamation mark on the game. And you watch those two aspects. Tip the pass to a teammate. As soon as he tipped it, ran the floor like David Locke talked about. Then has the awareness to get his hands, good hands, good grip on the ball, and and really drive it home with some impact and some emotion. Like he's, you can't put a, a dollar amount on what Rudy Gobert did in the final minutes of that game. No, his, you know, the, and the the part of it that stands out to me and it shows growth. We talked. Uh, you know, a ton of in the pregame about individually guys getting better in certain areas that will help the team. And Rudy only had a point at the half. Uh, he was he was a little bit out of out of rhythm. Um, you know. I love David's question to him. By yeah, the way. exactly. Yeah. It, and but it's stuff that you can talk about with these guys because they do internalize it. And I do believe that Rudy is different today than he would have been even a year ago. And so, again, growth and progress, and that's what you're looking for. Pretty incredible what Rudy Gobert is doing. Um, again, 20 rebounds on a the second game of the season. So 21 in game one, 20 in game two. And as Coach Lacombe uh, mentioned, 17 points. And how many of that was in the second half? How many points did he have in the first half? I thought he had one. I thought it was one. Yeah. I thought he had one free throw, and uh, he ended up with 17 points on the night. So a great second half by Rudy Gobert. I I wanted to talk a little bit more about Jordan Clarkson with you as well. And by the way, as jazz players come up to the podium, we'll throw it down to them so you can hear them live as they give their postgame comments. But we were sitting here watching the game. It was, I don't know, probably halfway through the third quarter, and you leaned over to me and said, watch Jordan, watch Jordan Clarkson, just his defensive effort. Is that different from what you saw from him last year? I saw it in spurts, but what, what I'm seeing is more, you know, with each guy, they're, they're just, they're, you're seeing it more and more. I think they understand. Is I, that I, early season, or is that going to be all season emphasis. No, I think it's an emphasis. I mean, certainly you you have to start there, right? You have to start somewhere, but I feel like the I think this team really knows how close they they were, right? To to getting to the finals last year, um, you know, because it was lined up pretty good for them. And they they got into a situation where a couple of things were, you know, I don't want to use the word exposed, but you know, the Jazz were we're really kind of spread thin, and and so I think those guys understand. Hey, we're close, but we've got to get better in these areas. And and I think they're serious about winning, and not just winning, but winning it. You know, I think that's really what what's on their mind. And the only way to do that is to get better every day. I've got to imagine, and I've, I've been in a professional locker room, and I know when you're getting money. And I wasn't getting paid NBA money, not modern day NBA money. But I was being paid really well, and I was playing with Peyton Manning and. You know Marvin Harrison and and Reggie Wayne and uh, you know there were a, a bunch of guys, bunch of big money guys, and every one of the guys in that locker room had a, a, a tremendous amount of respect for the amount of money that they're being paid to play a game. 
And I've got to imagine that this jazz locker room, not only are they aware of how much they're making, they're aware of how much their owner is going to be spending at the end of this season with luxury tax. And I wonder if there's a, a bit of that, that they look around the locker room like, boy, you're here, you were extended, you got the max, you were brought in here on a high number. And, and I wonder if they think about that and respect what Ryan Smith has done with their contracts and with this team to, to retain them and to build that roster even deeper. It feels like they're playing with that type of emotion. Yeah, th- there's, there's no doubt the team seems really, to me, they seem there's a humility about them. Um, and, and so certainly they would have an understanding that this this is, you know, what what's being put together here is, is done and it's done because there's a belief that they can do well. Um, and so for sure, there's there's got to be a, an understanding that, um, you know, we've got something special here. Let's make sure we make the most of it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the new acquisitions that the Jazz made in the, the offseason. Uh, we'll start with Hassan Whiteside and his contributions. What did you see from Hassan Whiteside tonight? Well, he was. This is his old team. Um, this is a team he didn't have a lot of great success with, and you know, it was. I could tell when he came into the game, it was important to him. The game was really important to him, and he played like it. Um, you know, early in the game, he laid some serious, you know, a serious hit on a on a high ball screen, um, and you know, laid out Davion Mitchell. I believe took the worst of that. Um, you know, he's a, he, he, he was a plus 18 in his time on the floor tonight in the plus minus uh, and ended up again. He had 10 rebounds in the first game, nine in this game. So I think everything we talked about, he's a good fit. He's great for the locker room. And the locker room's really good for him. Fun to see Hassan Whiteside out there taking some of those Derek Favors minutes from last year. Eric Pascal, he ended up with 15 minutes on the court, goes one of three, three points. Um, and and we'll talk more about Eric Pascal coming up in just a minute. Here's Donovan Mitchell at the podium talking post game. No, this is a um, What kind of a win was this for for you guys? Um, I think you know throughout the years, Michael Dallas one of you know I would say one of our best, but one of our our biggest because of the perseverance. You know, it's a home opener, the Kings crowd. I give them credit, man. They they. They go crazy for the for the Kings, and you know it's a playoff atmosphere. It's their first home opener. They're coming out aggressive. The last time we played here, won by fifty. So they have they have something, you know, kind of like revenge, kind of coming into this game. And you know, I think for us, you know, sped up early, not really falling into our actions, and for us to correct ourselves throughout the game, mid game on the floor, not during a timeout, not during halftime, like in the moment. You know, I think that's one thing that really stood out to me in our play. And it's really our communication. You know, we were able to speak to each other. We were able to listen to each other. We were able to go out there and fix it and do it. Um, you look at, you know, some of our, you know, I think I had five turnovers, some of just carelessness, uh, lack of focus. And then we were able to, you know, hold each other accountable and continue to, to continue to work. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, they were just trying to be physical. Refs weren't calling much today. And, you know, it's going to be like that sometimes. And we got, we got offensive. They got a lot of offensive rebounds. You know, they did towards the end too, but we were able to get hits. We were able to go out there and, and make the play from the matter. And that's what, you know, championship teams do. And we were able to do that tonight against a, a talented team. And we got to be able to continue to do that. But this is a big win because I'm not sure if we win this game the way we won it, the way we played this way. I don't know if we won it last year. You know, I think it's just the steps that we've taken through as a group this summer, uh, as a players, as a coaching staff. I think we've done a really good job. And it's a big win for us. There's been a lot of discussion about 
your guys' ability to play against small ball lineups, mm-hmm. especially with Rudy out there on the court. The last four minutes after Holmes fouls out and goes with Rashawn, goes with uh, Arms at five. And that's when you guys really kind of seal the game. You kind of just talk about like what happened over those last few minutes. Um, I think it's just one of those things where we've put so much emphasis on it. You know, we've it's no secret we've heard, oh, can they play against small ball five? But I think we put so much emphasis to be perfect at it, you know, in practice and training camp. And that was one of those instances where, first off, Rudy took it upon himself, you know, to be stronger because he didn't finish strong in the beginning, you know, and then you look at the end of his finishes, his and one second half, which is, it was night and day. Um, he took that upon himself. And then also us around him being able to, you know, get hits, being able to run our offense correctly, run our plays and being smooth with everything. And then also, um, outside of Rudy, I give credit to Hassan Whiteside too. You know, he was in his minutes, you know, and like I said, he's still figuring things out. There's moments and lapses, but you know, where we're trying to figure things out on the fly, but you know, his presence out there, being able to rebound, being able to fight down there, being able to run the floor. Um, that was huge. But, you know, in those last four minutes when they start going small, being able to punish teams for doing that, you know, I think we did a, a really good job of that. I think they scored two points in the last five minutes of the game. And that goes out to our rebounding and our defensive execution and also our offensive execution. Do you think that you guys had to kind of, maybe one of those things that you guys had to figure out on the fly was, all right, we don't have Joe for basically the whole game. Mm-hmm. Figuring that out, what does that do? Yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a difference. You know, obviously it's another ball handle that we lose. The guy who shoots 40% from the three. So um, just being able, like I said, to figure things out on the fly. I think that's just goes as a whole, especially when you have a guy down, you know, I think that's when we really like, you know, you lock in as a group and, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. And you guys can, can quote this. Like we really were able to communicate with each other, you know, and be able to do it on the fly, you know, and not wait to, cause it's easy to come in at halftime and be like, all right, guys, we're going to do this, this, and this, you know, we were able to see it, do it, hold each other accountable, go out there and execute. And that's what we're going to have to do throughout the year. You know, because we're not always going to shoot great. We're not going to play great. You know, I, I think that's that's something that we're going to have to continue to to do. We did a good job of that tonight. Now we're getting ready to do it, you know, throughout the rest of the year. You had a lineup on the floor at the end of the third quarter. It was Mike, Rudy, Trent, Eric, and Jordan. It mm-hmm. closed that third quarter. Mm-hmm. And I kind of it felt like that was a moment where they kind of got the game back. Mm-hmm. You guys got the lead. What did you see from that group? It's a different lineup. Um, you know, first off, I'll I'll start with Eric. You know, I think it goes back to learning and understanding the game. You know, coming from Golden State, they move the ball similar to we do. So it's really, it was really fluid for him to be able to pick it up and our actions and being able to be, be like, you know, really good in his role, you know, being able to run the floor guard, pick up schemes, stuff like that. Trent, you know, Trent had a whole half a year, you know, to kind of know our our offense, know our system. Um, You all know what Mike Rudy and JC are going to do, but I think highlighting those two, being able to come in, like I said, Joe coming out, being able to be ready, you know, coming on the fly and start, you know, being able to execute and, and be able to uh, go out there and, and do what they do. And obviously, you know, JC hits the shot at the end of the quarter, Mike controlling the pace. Mike and Rudy together are kind of similar to Joe and Rudy, you know, as far as their chemistry on, on the on the ball screen. So um, I think that was that was really a pivotal moment in the game. Um, he just, the Kings are not necessarily known in the past being like an aggressive physical defense team, but maybe on Mitchell comes out tonight, he's he's kind of like a bulldog. The rest of the team seems to kind of follow that. What was it like kind of just the atmosphere on the court against that physicality tonight? Uh, and how did you guys go? I I think it's one of those things where, you know, first off, he's he is as advertised. I think that's how that's how you say it. <laughs> um he's you know he's he's physical, he's quick, you know, he he does a lot of solid things defensively. 
um, that disrupted not only myself, but a lot of us, you know, and he set the tone defensively, you know, he got the crowd involved, the crowd, you know, everybody call him off night, you know, and they, they feed off of that. That's, and that's a, that's one thing I would say that, you know, he's, he's really, really, really good at, and, you know, he's going to get better as his career goes, goes on. But for us, um, just being able to play through that, you know, their, their atmosphere, their whole atmosphere as a group, they're physical, they were running there, they're doing so many different things. And you're right. You know, my five years is probably the most physical, I would say that they've been as far as kind of hitting and doing those things. And, you know, they did a really good job of it. They, they beat, um, Portland, you know, in in the same fashion, you know, that that's that's who they're going to be. That's going to be their identity. And I think for us, just being able to play through that, I think, was huge because I last last year I don't think we necessarily win that game and with the way they played. And I think for us to be able to do that is huge. But you know, they're going to be a team like that, and it starts. It really starts with with Davion on the defensive end. And, you know, everybody knows our relationship. You know, so I, I got mad respect for him, and you know, he's going to get better as his career goes on. As the season goes on too. Do you um do you think that uh, as the season goes on for you guys, just based on the fact that you guys were so successful last year, um, especially in the regular season, that you guys kind of have a target on your backs a little bit. For, for sure, I think you know we've we've played teams like I said, we beat we beat them by fifty last year, so they're not going to come in and you know, hey, shut up, Hassan's back there. Um, they're not going to come out and just be like, all right, here we go. You know, they're going to come out with you know with a chip on their shoulder, and the teams are all going to do that. You know, there are teams that. Don't necessarily feel like you know we 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 are like that, and I think for us, just continue to do what we do and not really pay attention to it, but understand that we're hunted. You know, we're, we're the hunted, and, and we used to really my four years have been the the hunters. You know, I think this year it's it's, it's understanding that we're going to get everybody's best every night, being ready for that. You know, they came out and swung and connected and connected, and we kept getting back up, uh, and continue to persevere and fight through. And that's why I was really happy with the win. I think we all were really happy with the win because, like I said, you know, we were able to respond to that adversity off night shooting, um, turnovers, you know, not running our plays. And then we figured it all out and, and throughout the game, you know, not necessarily even having a coach having to say anything. I don't think there was one where, where coach was like, oh, okay, like guys, like wake up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it was on us to talk to each other. I think that's what that's what's going to get us to this next level is being able to communicate with each other like we did tonight. There you go. That's Donovan Mitchell after this game goes final. Utah Jazz getting the win 110 to 101. We'll take a quick break. And come right back to your Mark Miller Subaru Utah Jazz postgame show. Welcome back. It's your Utah Jazz postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, Utah Jazz getting the win 110 to 101. And we are going to jump out to Hassan Whiteside here in just a minute. But Coach Lacombe, I've got a couple stats for you, courtesy of Tyson Ewing, who is a good friend of mine and obviously works as part of the Utah Jazz broadcast. Would you like to hear some of these stats? I would love to hear some of those stats. Rudy Gobert recorded his 17th career 20-plus rebound game. 17th career, 20-plus rebound game. That now ranks as the Utah Jazz number one in collected 20-plus rebound games. Rudy Gobert just passed it. So fantastic job there by Rudy. Gobert recorded back-to-back 20 rebound games for just the second time of his career. 
And this is the first player to have back-to-back 20-rebound games in the NBA since Andre Drummond back in 2020. It did not happen all season last season. And Rudy Gobert did it right out of the gates, the first two games of the season. Moving on from Rudy on to Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson has now hit a three in 96 consecutive games. He holds the fourth longest streak in NBA history. So you've got Clay Thompson at 95 at number five, Jordan Clarkson at 96 at number four, Kyle Korver went 127. Steph Curry is currently on a streak of 127, and Steph Curry holds the longest streak of 157. So there you go, some stats. And uh, by the way, Royce O'Neal tied his career high of four steals tonight as well. So there you go, just some stats courtesy of Tyson Ewing. Uh, let's go out to the podium. Mike Conley is here for his postgame comments. Right, everybody. Everybody, be happy. <sighs> Mike, the end of the first quarter, we See, were this works. with Rudy, Trent, JP, and Eric. That's kind of a different game. <clears throat> what can you say just about those minutes? Because it seems like that kind of was a big stretch. Yeah. Um, first of all, you know, Trent, he... Um, I mean, all the guys that came in had to play in a, a physical game like tonight. It, they, they did such a great job of matching the intensity. Um, we're not used to all playing together as a unit in that group, especially in a game like that. I thought it was um, it was cool to see us kind of take a jump, try, try to take a step in a, in a situation that was hostile and things weren't going as smoothly as we'd like throughout the game. And we were able to f- find it with that those five guys on the court at the same time. And um, and figured it out. And I thought Trent did a good job of, of making plays when needed. Eric did great, you know, knowing the plays that we had, you know, we had kind of had to, you know, take a couple of plays out, you know, because the guys were playing different spots and different positions. So um, I was just proud of the guys being able to, to stick with it at that time. How are you guys, big uh, picture, um, going to react to, you know, this kind of being that team that's, that's like circled on, on the schedule a little bit? Well, you know, Tonight was a, a a great measuring stick of what uh, what's what's to come, you know, from anybody that we play. I thought, you know, give Sacramento a lot of credit, regardless if it was us or whoever they were playing against. They they're playing with a lot of energy. They're playing with a lot of physicality. Um, you know, coach over there has got them playing hard, and that's what we're going to expect from anybody that we come in any you know any away game. Any team coming into Salt Lake, um, we know you have to earn every win we get. And uh, tonight was a dogfight, and uh, it was a good lesson for us. Well, it was just that it was it was nothing different than what we've probably seen, you know, especially in the playoffs and later in the seasons. But um, I thought we just did a good job of communicating. You know, that's that's key when you have, uh, you know, five you know guards that you're playing against, and, and you're trying to get Rudy in the right spot and and guys in certain matchups. And 
uh, everybody just took it upon themselves and, and was accountable to playing one-on-one defense at that point and, uh, and not relying on help as much. And, and uh, Rudy did a great job of, of, of shutting down a couple of those opportunities for him. And, um, you know, when we have a big guy like that and they ever get the other, get, get down the court on the other end, um, whether we miss shots or whatever, he can get anything off the glass and, and kind of use that to his advantage. So if we can guard, uh, we can score. Well, he's still learning. Like he's like he said, there's a lot of place for him to adjust to. But um, for what he brings to our team, his impact defensively, um, his ability to to alter shots to get rebounds and allow us to get to the other end, uh, you know, it's invaluable and uh, it's 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 important, especially when Rudy's out the game, to have another guy that can do essentially uh, what Rudy can do uh, as far as his defensive IQ and. Uh, especially on the offensive rebounds and things like that, adding extra possessions. Um, those are very important for us. And, and so far, he's done a good job. There you go. Good stuff from Mike Conley. Um, you, just your thoughts on his game tonight, Coach? I thought Mike was great, and he made some great points there. I think he and Donovan both talked about, you know, figuring that out, figuring out things on the floor, on the fly, um, you know, not having to have timeouts and huge runs, but – just really kind of competing with this really competitive Kings team tonight, kind of taking all that physicality and then figuring out a way to, to communicate effectively and, and get through it. I think that's really kind of the theme with those two guys. But I thought Conley was great. He, um, you know, made some shots uh, and, and made really good plays, both offensively and defensively, you know, assisted, got to the rim. Um, you know, but defensively, I thought, I thought he really kind of held his own too. Hassan Whiteside addressed the media after this game win final. Utah Jazz getting the win 110 to 101 over the Sacramento Kings. Here's Hassan Whiteside. You had a pretty good non revenge game tonight. <laughs> what was, what was uh, you know, obviously, it, it seemed like you felt more comfortable out there and it seemed like you were you know, providing a physical presence down low. What was kind of the key for your play tonight? Yeah, it was like, it was super physical, you know. Um, I think they were really trying to like be physical with us, you know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I came. That's part of why I came here. You know, I'm a physical guy, um, so I'm with it. Donovan was just talking to us about how uh, one of the things that he liked tonight is that when things were kind of seeming out of control early in the game, that you guys were communicating really well and fixing things on the fly. Uh, is that something that you've kind of experienced in the past? And is it unique this early in the season? I think it's unique this early in the season. You know, um, it was times where I did, I couldn't hear the play. Like, I'm like, what is the play? And um, he said he was putting up a signal. I didn't see this. I didn't see it. And I was just like, like, you couldn't hear nothing. All you heard is the fans just screaming. So um, it was it was times in the game where I couldn't even hear, hear what we was in. I was just kind of trying to read what we was in and, he was just like, I'm gonna make sure I, I make sure I put the signal so you can see. Just look at me, and um, so it ended up working out, you know. Um, so can you um, can you kind of elaborate on, you know, the lineup that you know you were in where you guys kind of took control of the game back, and, and how important is it going to be for you uh, and and those such lineups um, in the minutes that Rudy's not on the floor for you guys to like hold, kind of hold it down. 
Um, you know, I just try to come in and just affect the game. However, you know, rather just rebound and um, continue to protect the rim. You know, um, sprint the floor. You know, even if I don't get the ball, I'm trying to sprint to get the shooters open and, you know, just do different things to just kind of keep that unit up. You know, and um, that's what I kind of take pride in. Got one question on Zoom. Andy Larson, Hey, son. Quinn mentioned that, you know, kind of the big reason you came to Utah was to win, right? To be part of a winning organization. And obviously part of that is yeah. doing kind of the little things right. What are some of the little things that you're working on right now? And kind of what were you most proud of in that category tonight? Um, Just just some of the little things, just getting out there with, with you know, veteran guys. You know, I think these guys are very experienced and, um, it's a smart, savvy team, you know, um, just different things like that. You know, they, they they make the game easier even for me, you know, even the times I'm out there. So just picking a brain. And um, I know Coach Coach Q got a a playbook the size of a dictionary. So he, he comes up with plays. I don't know how he keep it all in his head. So he just, he just draws up. He got to play for everything. So we very well coached. And, um, you know, I believe in them, and um, I always believed in them. And, um, you know, that's why I was excited about coming here. You know, um, it, it really wasn't about minutes or stats to me. I led the league in multiple categories before. So um, I just want to I just want to get that win and um, be playing in April and, April and beyond. Real quick, Hassan, how far are you in learning that dictionary? I feel like I'm every every game I'm getting better. You know, I'm getting better and better. You know, like I said, I'm getting better at reading the plays. You know, um, I have some slip ups. I have some slip ups every once in a while. You know, um, I haven't been here super long, but I'm getting better and better. You know, I feel like each game I'm I'm better than the last game. There you go, Hassan Whiteside in the post game comments. Some of your thoughts on some of his comments there, Coach. Well, I, I liked what he said there. You know, a big reason he came. To, to play for the Jazz because he knew they were really well coached, um, you know, and that he he trusts what the coaches say to him, and he's just trying to get better every day. Um, I think that's the theme we've heard, um, you know, and y- you you hear it enough, you realize it's it's got to be a part of the culture. And so uh, just impressed with Whiteside. I, I, I loved when I heard that the Jazz were getting him. I, I did see – through some of his tough years in Sacramento and, and saw him be a real force with the Heat. And I knew that this culture would be good for him. So it's awesome to hear his head's in the right place and that he's enjoying the journey so far. All right, Coach, I want to get your master of the glass, Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass experts, ready for another great year of basketball. It's proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light's going to donate $5 to United Way of Utah for re- each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. And so far, Rudy Gobert's got 41. So that's going to cost Safe Light a lot of money at the, at the end of this year. Give us your master of the glass. Well, it, it was Gobert. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, as much as I, I've talked about how great Whiteside is and the fit, I mean, honestly, he he's done it. You know, two games in a row, and he's only done it one other time, um, you know, in his career to do back-to-back 20. It's hard to get rebounds in the NBA. All those guys out there are are physical. And tonight it was even more difficult because there were bodies flying everywhere. Um, But it just tells you how tuned in Rudy is to the game. And um, he's dominant. He's a dominant force on the glass, uh, you know, at the rim, 
in, in defending the rim. We'll take another break and come back to your Mark Miller Subaru Utah Jazz postgame show. That's all coming up on the Jazz Radio Network. Welcome back. It is your Mark Miller Subaru post-game show. Hans Olsen, Tim Lacombe taking you through the night. So, Coach, uh, I've got a couple of different things that I want to talk to you about. So, Donovan Mitchell mentioned this twice in his post-game comments. He said, we worked through it on the court. Walk me through that. What does that mean, we worked through it on the court? Well, a game like tonight, um, you know, first road game, uh, a lot going against the Jazz. Obviously, the first call, everybody gets emotional. Uh, all the refs' calls start to seem frustrating. And I think there's an opportunity right there to kind of lose, you know, lose your communication, lose your edge together. Um, and typically, a team's got to go on some big, crazy run. But the Jazz kind of kept everything together. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect, but they were staying in the game because they they stayed together. They didn't haul off and, and you know, get other technicals in, in great abundance, although I probably would have tonight. It seemed a little chippy to me. Um, the, you know, the, the defense really continued to play hard even when it was frustrating and they were turning the ball over. Um, certainly the, the pressure of the Kings, as physical as they were able to play tonight, that could be something where you just kind of like, hey, it's just not our night. But through all that, you know, all the pressure, they, they figured out a way to make it work on the floor. And, you know, they, they were consistently in, in the game all, all game long and then just kind of use their experience in the end to win it. Utah Jazz do just that. They get the win 110 to 101. Some other games that went through the NBA tonight. Uh, I obviously have a Western Conference bias, so I'd like to stay in the Western Conference with you a little bit, Coach. But what'd you see in this Suns Lakers game? Well, I did. I, I haven't been able to see a whole lot other than the score now, and obviously a, a major yeah. kind of looks like an altercation uh, within the same team. Inner squad, inner squad altercation, which. I think it's good for football camp early to, to yeah. kind of separate the wheat from the tares. But I don't know if <laughs> the first or second game of a regular nice NBA farming season. Reference. Thank you. Yes. Um, of an NBA season is the right place to have a fight break out between teammates on the bench. I don't know that that's, that that's a good look. But, but, but what if it's between two bigs? Is that okay? Well, I got no issue if they go in the in the tunnel or in the locker room and fight it out, but I just think the bench is a good place. Right? Does it surprise you with Dwight Howard? Well, it doesn't surprise me with the makeup of this Lakers team. I, I from a distance, and I, you know, my thought there's a lot of toxicity there, and somebody's going to bear the brunt of it. I'm afraid that Frank Vogel will probably be the guy that bears the brunt of it. Um, but I just I don't know that that team can function the way they're put together. With the types of, uh, you know, we've talked about the type of person in the pregame that it takes to be successful. Um, and I just don't know that the Lakers have enough guys in the locker room that will give of themselves to somebody else. You know, I think it all kind of, be, you know, there just seems to be a lot of self-interest in that locker room. Well, my current flavor of the last two years is Nikola Jokic and uh, Denver Nuggets get a 102-96 to win over the Spurs. Nicole Jokic, 32 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. Can Scotty pick Denver to come out of the West? And I I couldn't really argue against it because I am such a big Nicole Jokic fan. If he gives you any effort defensively, you know you, everything else you're getting. 
and he can do so much. I'm expecting Jamal Murray back sometime end of March, beginning of April. So you're not going to have a ton of time before postseason, but I do think you'll have a couple of weeks, maybe a handful of games to get Jamal Murray back into that lineup before you go into the postseason. How good do you think Denver can be this year? If Jamal Murray gets back middle or end of March, how good can they be? Well, I think Jokic is an MVP caliber guy. Um, You know, to me, Jamal Murray is a huge piece of them being really good. But I think last year showed us with Milwaukee that anything, you know, can happen. I wouldn't have, I would have never picked Milwaukee early in the year to win it. Um, so certainly they've got firepower, um, and Jokic is is really capable of of kind of carrying that key team while Murray's out. I I look forward to that first Jokic Gobert matchup. The way those guys are playing, that that'll be a fun one. Okay, so I want to ask you if I was imagining this because I was focusing very intently on the Jazz game, and I think I heard you say, "Watch out for the Bulls." Did I did I hear that right? I just feel like the Bulls are going to be... Did you say that? I did. Okay. I did. I so did. you feel like the Bulls are going to be something in the East? I, I really do. I think that they're kind of a sleeper team to watch. I mean, they win again tonight against the Pelicans. They score 128. Zach Levine has just a monster game. But I just kind of like the makeup of their roster uh, for whatever reason. I think that I think Patrick Williams is a, is a, is a junkyard dog. I love his game. DeMar DeRozan's there, brings a little bit of, of toughness and, and veteran. Uh, Vucevic, who I loved uh, last year, uh, played for Orlando. And then Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine, a pretty explosive guard line. So I, I think that they can be a, a, a kind of a sleeper team that not, not a lot of people are talking about. This year, Mark Miller Subaru Jazz postgame show. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll give you the points in the paint and we will wrap this up right here on Jazz Radio Network. Donovan Mitchell guarded by Davion Mitchell. Fights over the pick. Donovan trying to free himself. Crowd loves it. Donovan driving to the rack. Power throw and scored it. Donovan Mitchell magnificent. There you go. That's the play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. All right, let's jump out to points in the paint. Points in the paint's brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 801-GO-CERTA or visit CERTAPRO.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Who is your points in the paint, Coach Lacombe? Well, the what the points in the paint? What were the points in the paint tonight? Um, let me just pull up the box score right here. Points in the paint tonight. You had uh, the Utah Jazz with forty, Sacramento with fifty-four. So the Jazz lose the battle. The points in the paint. Yes, they did. Um, and, and that's always an interesting thing because the Jazz typically uh, are right. You know. They either really kind of dominate the paint or or they just kind of lose it out slowly. But with all those threes, I, I think that's the number you really kind of like to look at. Um, I think the story tonight was the Jazz really kind of fixed their turnover problems and they were able to do a better job of, of maintaining the ball um, and, and getting points, you know, and not turning the ball over and giving up points and then being able to get possessions. All right, Coach, let's kind of wrap this thing up. I, I want to just kind of go through your starting five. Royce O'Neal, three of seven 
ended up with eight points, four rebounds, an assist, but he got a career high, four steals, moving in the lanes and, and really being active defensively. Boyan Bogdanovich, five of 11, 13 points, five rebounds, one assist. Rudy Gobert ended up with 20 rebounds, second game in a row, scored 16 points in the second half of this game. Only had one in the first half and ended up with 17. Mike Conley went 5 of 12 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, and was really instant offense in the beginning stages of this game with two big threes in the first quarter. He put up 17 points. Donovan Mitchell, 9 of 25 from the field, but 6 of 14 from 3 for 27 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. Just your overall feel of how these starters played this game and played together tonight. Well, I was impressed. You know, I thought they took a really good punch from Sacramento. I thought that, uh, you know, I really do believe that Joe's, that situation with Joe kind of added some some chippiness to the game. And I think everybody was really kind of competing at a high level. But uh, as the Jazz all said to a man, they figured it out on the fly. Um, they did not let a huge run get away from them. Uh, Donovan said kind of what I said in the in the crosstalk with David and, and Ron. I, I'm not so sure they win that game with all those things going against them last year. And so that speaks to some growth. That speaks to, uh, you know, more along the lines of, hey, last year was great, but we can be better in a lot of different areas. And, and I feel like tonight the Jazz figured out a way on the road in difficult situation things not going their way to figure out a way to win. And Sacramento played hard. They played hard. Yeah, they did. It was a fun game to watch. Yep. I don't know how good they'll be good, right? How long does it take for them to realize, oh, we're still Sacramento? And just turn it in. But tonight, that wasn't the case. They they played really hard. All right, so now the Utah Jazz get a couple of days off. They'll come back next Tuesday. Huge game here in Vivint Arena against the Denver Nuggets. We just talked about Denver. Denver coming off a really good win. They've got a game stuck in between the two, but – Denver Nuggets in Vivint Arena next Tuesday. It is going to be insanely crazy in this arena as the reigning MVP comes into Utah and the Utah Jazz are going to have a fight on their hands. How do you think that thing goes? Well, it'll, it will be a it'll be a great contest. I know there's kind of formed, you know, from the from the bubble uh, and through last year's games, there's kind of a rivalry formed here. Um, you know, and I think when Murray's healthy, it's kind of Murray Mitchell and then Jokic Gobert. Um, I think the Jazz have a little bit more depth this year. And um, but, man, I'll tell you what, it's hard to game plan and really stick to a game plan when Jokic torches you, you know, whether it be down on the block or or facing up. So it will be an opportunity to really kind of game plan for a big guy, a dominant big guy and Jokic, see what they can do to slow him down. Well, Coach, it's been a blast to do the pre-half and post with you. I appreciate you letting me sit in with you. Well, no, I, I appreciate you you filling in for our good friend Jake. And uh, I, I echo what, uh, and I think I told you this off air prior, you know, after our first segment, but I, I echo what David said for a for an athlete, football guy, you know, uh, quote unquote football guy, you do a darn good job on the on the basketball. This this was a fun night for me. I appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll get Jake Scott back. He's just He's seen he's seen fire and he's seen rain, 
And now it's time for him to return. I've seen sunny days. <laughs> that is James Taylor, right? Oh, man, I love me some James Taylor. So I went to James Taylor and Carol King. When they came to Vivint Arena at the time, I think it was Energy Solutions. And I I was shocked. Carol King sang him under the table. Really? Oh my gosh, I couldn't I couldn't believe how entertaining and powerful she was. And by the end of the night, it was like, who's the guy that's next to Carol? Like <laughs> it's James Taylor, who is one of the all-time greats in in just casual listening. And then Carol King's just on there jamming on the piano and ripping out tune after tune that's like, oh, she did that one? Oh, who wrote that for? Oh, she wrote she that wrote for? wrote it. Yeah, she wrote a bunch of songs, and then she played a bunch of those songs that she wrote for others, and it was awesome. But we'll get Jake Scott back for you coming up uh, Tuesday for this Denver Nuggets game. Let's fill the place, huh? Yeah, get in here, jam-pack this place, because it was rowdy for Oklahoma City. It was really rowdy. It'll be a notch up for that. You I'll need to you. boost it up a notch or two because this will be our our first real taste of Utah Jazz basketball. I mean, these these are a couple of good warm up games, Oklahoma City and Sacramento, but we're talking about a Western Conference contender in Denver. They're bringing in the big guns, and you know that they want to try to prove a point. We get everybody's best effort for the first few weeks of the NBA season before you kind of go into injury mode and recovery mode and rest mode and all those. But, you know, game three, that's Utah Jazz at their best in on their home court. That's Denver feeling really good, healthy, energized, wanting to show the world what they are. Get into the Vivint Arena. Fill it. Make this place crazy and make sure – I, I know Coach Lacombe and Jake Scott love when you press your faces up against the exterior windows of the studio and look in at them like they are fish in a fishbowl. They love it. Well, and my back's to the wall, so I, I concur. <laughs> I love it. To do it all you want, because I won't be looking. Uh, well, Coach, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, on behalf of Jeff and Alex back in the uh, the booth and Coach Lacombe, David Locke, Ron Boone, everybody else that makes this broadcast so great, I'm telling you, you just don't find a better effort and a better cast and crew when it comes to NBA basketball in, in, a, in a broadcast and in a community than you find right here on the Jazz Radio Network. So appreciate everybody that worked so hard to make it happen. Enjoy your night. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you back here on the Jazz pregame show Tuesday, October 26th.